Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, conference too. What are you doing? Hush now. What's she do? What is this person doing? What are you doing? What are you Mute doing? yourself. Why? Huh? Why What's do you want me to mute? I think somebody's about to start their uh, program. Right. Okay. Then let's let's see what's good. Let's see what they're gonna say. How about that? Let me mute my mic. <laughs> Wow. All right. Let's see if um Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing good. Did you hear all that confusion? Yes, I did. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> they was only on another program, but then they had dialed into our program. I don't I don't know about that. I think they dialed into our program, but we're going to see. This is all being recorded, so I recorded yeah. so I could talk to talk shoe. I just blocked okay. them. I okay. just blocked them, so I'm going to see if they come back. Okay, I got I got a um uh an acronym for you for debt. I was listening to John Hagee last night, and he came up with debt. You know, D E B T, doing uh-huh. everything but tithing. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> Never. I'm like, wait a minute. First we had act, which you were saying action causes transformation. And then he did depth. And I was like, what is that he do? And then he said, doing everything but tithing. I said, oh, wow. Thank you, God. <laughs> so that's another wow. one that you can add into your collection. <laughs> I know that's right. I just wrote it down. <laughs> Woo! I tell you, God is so good. <laughs> okay. All right. And All I'm, right. We ready now. Good evening. Yeah, we're, good evening. <laughs> Glad you could join yeah. us. Yes. Yeah. Glad I, I, I see folks are coming on and they're muting their lines. We're going to get started in a couple of minutes. I hope I'll, I'll un. Un, um, unwanted guest doesn't come back. We had some um, guests that came on and they were talking, but we're going to see if um, they come back. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to start muting the lines so we can um, get started. Mm-hmm. And we will, I don't know, I'm not going to try to stop that recording and start it over because it may cut us all the way out. I don't know if I'll be able to restart it, but let me do this. All right. Give me just a second. All right. Let's get started. I am, again, thank you so much for for joining us tonight. I'm going to keep an eye on our our call-in list because we did have some visitors. I said, you know what, this would be a night that um, a distraction would try to come. Why? Because when you get close to getting your breakthrough, when you get close to... Um, 
starting to tap into information that's going to further the gospel or further you, further your relationship with God, let me tell you something. You're going to run up against opposition. When you run up against opposition, um, sometimes I know it appears that I'm beating a dead horse with, uh, with those kind of comments. You've got to expect the enemy to rear his head and to, and for the Lord, this is the key, for the Lord to allow it to happen. Some challenges are going to come in your life. And, again, I was talking to another pastor today, and he was telling me about some things that were going on. And, and, and again, when you are on the Lord's side and you are trying to advance the kingdom, um, and you will find out that it's really all about the kingdom, then you're going to run up against opposition. So we expect it when we run up against it. We handle it the way we're supposed to handle it, and that's with the word of God. That's the same way Jesus did it. It is written, it is written, it is written. I was talking to another sister, um, uh, what was it, yesterday, and she was talking again about some of the things that she's going through. She's a faithful supporter of Mount Enid, and, um, but she's facing these challenges. And matter of fact, in her building, on both sides of her door, uh, the apartment next to her and the apartment on the other side, there's a big bug, bed bug, bed bug infestation. Not in her apartment, but on both sides. So it still concerns her because of this infestation. Well, guess what? you got to expect the enemy anything that he can throw at you. And some people say they threw everything but the kitchen sink. No, he's going to throw the kitchen sink as well. And you've got to handle it with the word of God. God's going to keep me in perfect peace because my mind has stayed on him. It is written, God is going to keep me in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on him. Let's pray. Father, we just bless your name. We honor you. We lift you up. We magnify you. You are an awesome God. There is none like you. We pray that you would have your way in the midst of our Bible study. Cause us, O oh God, to draw closer to you. We thank you, dear Lord, for what you've already done in our life. We thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Bless your people real good, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And even as the words roll off my lips, um, bless your people real good. We're already, and, I, and many of us already know it, we are blessed. We are blessed, even in the midst of the shutdown, even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of our poverty, even in the midst of missing items that we want in our life. We are blessed. I got ready to post a picture on um, the Facebook page of a gentleman who literally had um, plastic bottles um, tied to his, to his feet as shoes. Can you imagine plastic bottles tied to his feet as shoes. You're talking about blessed. We are blessed. So let's keep it moving. We are in this book, Becoming Prayer Warriors, Becoming a Prayer Warrior by Elizabeth Elves, and we are on in the book that I have, and I have seen different versions of the same book. We are in, uh, do we have a chapter here? I believe this is chapter 3 types of prayers, and we are on page 71, which, um, and let's matter of fact, we're going to start at 70, and we're under the heading, this heading would be petitions, must be specific, must be specific requests. Petitions must be specific requests. And we already learned, and when I say that, I want to qualify it when I say it's got to be according to the will of God. When it says specific, it, 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 it's got to be according to the will of God because you will go off and you will have all the energy, you will have all the emotions, and you will know that your prayer is coming to pass. You've got to also know that God has a divine will, and when his will clashes with your emotions and your energy and your, your heartfelt requests, you, as the believer, have to want God's will to be done to supersede your will. And that's where, again, you reverence God and what he says in his word. 
at the bottom, um, you have four bullets, and those four bullets are, are talking about Jacob, Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, Abraham, and the blind man. Those Under those bullets, we have an area. It says, God wants you to petition him, to ask, to seek, and to knock. And we're going we're gonna to dig into that. We're going to dig into that. Um, let's go to Bible. What did I say? Did I say I wanted to do it in the Amplified? We're going to do it in the Amplified anyway. Um, and that is Matthew chapter 7. No, and I want to do it not in Bible Gateway. I'm going to do this one in knowingjesus.com, knowingjesus.com. Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to start with verse number 7. Now, again, this asking, seeking, and knocking, when you look at this, and I'm going to look at it in the not modern. Let's look at it in the Amplified first. It says, I, even I, am he who blots out and cancels your transgressions. Is that Matthew? Okay, give me two seconds. Oh, it never switched. <laughs> that was Isaiah 43 and 25. I was going to say, that's not Matthew 7, 7. Here we go. All right. And I'm looking at it from the Amplified Version. It says here, keep on asking, and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently, and the door will be open. And, and we're going to talk about the challenges that you face because many folks, again, like children, if you ask and you don't get it, you get upset and you start crying, and it messes you up with your relationship with God. It messes you up with your understanding. It's going to mess up your faith. Many times when I talk about faith, I talk about a bullet coming through the chamber of a gun. And when you've got imperfections, thank you, Holy Ghost, when you've got imperfections in the inside of the barrel of the gun, it will cause the aim of the bullet to be off when that bullet travels through that chamber, through the barrel of that gun, so that barrel must be smooth. Nothing can be in, in hindrance. Nothing can cause it to be altered in any way because if not, what it's shooting for, watch me, what it's shooting for, it will not hit it because of the chamber or the barrel of the gun having the imperfect. When you have faith, you can't have doubt and you can't have uh, obstructions in the midst of your faith because it's going to cause your faith to waver. When faith wavers, let me tell you something, you're either going to have faith or you're going to have doubt. If you've got doubt, doubt when it says a little leaven, leaven if the whole lump, well, what's happening? When you get a little bit of doubt in there, guess what? It messes up your faith totally. Yes, you can walk on water. Yes, you can see miracles. Yes, you'll see the sun stand still. Yes, you'll see debt. I'm talking, watch this, supernaturally removed. How in the world did it happen? And there's other folks with the testimonies, but you can't have it. Why? Because you've got to evaluate. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You've got to evaluate your faith. And when I'm talking faith, I'm talking pure faith. I'm no contaminations. And you want to get to that place. How do you get to that place? It's exercising. It's like starting off with a little bit of weight, and then you and you say, "How do I get to a point where I can curl a uh, hundred pounds? How can I get to the place where I can lay down on the bench press and bench press three hundred pounds? How do I get it? You've got to start off small, start off believing in small areas." and increase. Some folks jump right into it, and they believe right from the break. They say, well, this is a new convert. How are they believing and getting these miracles? Because, again, in their faith, they have nothing hindering. They're not doubting. I don't care how things look. 
I'm believing that I'm going to receive. So that's what it says. It says, ask, knock, seek. Here we go again. We got somebody else. Please mute your line. Star six, star six. That will mute your line. It looks like everybody is muted. Maybe that person left. Okay? Let's keep it moving. Verse number eight, and I'm looking in the Knowing Jesus, Knowing Jesus uh, website. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 8, for everyone who asks, and this is the New American Standard Bible, to everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. When you read that same, watch this, when you read that same verse in the Amplified, it says everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds, and to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be open. And when you get that in your spirit and you don't doubt, I'm going to keep on asking. Now, let me throw a monkey wrench in it, and this messes some folk up, and that's why they don't want to do the thy will be done. Why? Because it gets me off in the way I ask. It gets me doubting that I'm going to get it. Um, um, it gets me, listen, when you ask God for it, I trust you're going to give it to me. If I don't get it, then I understand God is saying it's either not for me, it's on the way, or guess what? I've got to wait, or it's right here. So I either get it, I've got to wait for it, it's on the way, or it's not for me. I get it, I've got to wait for it, it's on the way. Or it's not for me. If it's not for me, I'm not, listen, I'm not allowing that to alter my faith. Warfare and prayer is mainly, watch this, driven by, do you believe? I ask the question all the time. Do you, B-Y, B-Y, D-Y-B-Y, D-Y-B-I, do you believe it? D-I-B-Y, do you believe? Believe it. D-Y-B-I. Haven't used that in a while. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Now, when you believe it, let me tell you something. That gives you that generating power to get what you're looking for, to understand that guess what? If I get it, if I get this, I know that God said, you know what, it was for me. If I don't get it, God said it's not for me. If I receive it later, then guess what? I'm not allowing it to alter the way I believe. So whether it's later, whether I don't get it, or whether I get it, I'm still giving God to gl the glory in the midst of it. All right? Let's keep it moving because I want to get into these ten areas on the next two pages. Again, the book is entitled uh, Becoming a Prayer Warrior by Elizabeth Ells. And here we're looking at God wants us to petition him. He wants us to ask. He wants us to seek. He wants us to continue to knock. This is the confidence which we have before, watch this, before him, that if we ask anything according to his will. See, I love it when it says petition him, but again, it reiterates this is according to his will, not just asking things off the top of your head, whatever you want, and then just sprinkle some Jesus name on it and believe that, guess what, God's going to give it to you. Do you know how our world would look if that was to happen? He hears us. Whatever we ask, when we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request, the petition, which we have asked from him. First John chapter 5, verse 14. Let's go there. I'm going again. Uh, the, the Knowing Jesus website, First John chapter 5. Okay, First John chapter 5. Verse 14, this time hit search to make sure I don't stay on the same website. Watch this. And there is another 
All right, can you hear me now? Please text me again if you can hear me now. Text me again. Okay, so with that, okay, great. All right, so with that, <laughs> it looks like I muted, my, I muted myself because I'm trying to keep these folks that, that are jumping on the call and playing music and stuff in the background. I'm trying to keep them off, and it looks like I had muted myself. All right, let's keep it mute, moving. Thank you so much for, for the, um, the text. All right, so we're looking at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Thank you, God. Now watch this. This is our confidence, which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's the word, he hears us. Now, again, when it comes to Pastor Shepherdson pushing, thy will be done, thy will be done, it seems like he can't talk about anything else but thy will be done. Let me tell you something, because I'm trying to keep you in the area of power, not depending on someone else to pray for you, not depending on someone else to lay hands on you or to speak into your life, but for you to know with confidence that guess what? God has given me promises. When he gives a promise, you better understand that he is faithful and that he will keep the promise that he gave to you. Now, you've got to understand whether you are putting yourself out of the group of folks that are the recipients of his promises, or are you somehow doubting that you are, worth, you are somehow unworthy? And again, we are all unworthy. The only reason we are worthy is because of the blood of Jesus. And with the blood of Jesus, now guess what? I'm worthy of what God said I can have. I'm considered as one of the family members of the original Jews. So the Jews and the Gentiles now are the recipients of the blessing. Now, when you become the recipient of the blessing, you also have to understand that you're under the rules and regulations just like the original Jews. Ask according to his will. That's 1 John, 1 John chapter 14. Now, look at verse number 15. Not only do you ask according to his will, but watch this. I'm looking at it in King James first. It says, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. 
So I'm only asking things according to his will. I'm only asking things that I know that's going to further the gospel. I'm only asking things that, again, that's in line. If I'm asking blessings over my family because we're experiencing some challenges in the family area, I know it's according to his will because it says clearly in the word of God that guess what? It is his will. That's his will. It is his will that we prosper and be what? In good health. So if I'm asking God because a family member says they're sick, a family member, one of the challenges, not only do we have the interruptions on the call, but guess what? Co-pastor came home tonight, and when she came home, uh, she wasn't feeling well, her hair was hurting, and, and she had to go lay down. Guess what? That's going to be another challenge. But when I ask God for healing in her body, guess what? It's according to his will. That you prosper, listen Listen. what the word says, it is his will that you would prosper and that you be in good health. Headaches ain't good health. So you can believe that you're going to receive it. Why? Because it's according to his will. Bless going out, bless going in. So when you ask it, and some folks don't ask, when you see that you're not, it doesn't appear that I'm blessed going out. It doesn't appear that I'm blessed when I It doesn't appear that I'm blessing the fruit of my body. I'm asking according to your will, and I'm expecting it to happen. Why? Because it's according to his will. Write that scripture down. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. It is the Lord's pleasure to answer our prayers. It glorifies him to fulfill your request. John 14 and 13. John 14 and 13. Go to the top of page I going to make it? No, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you're just going to have to take your time and go through it. I was supposed to be in, in a couple of minutes, I was supposed to be at the top of page 72. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Unanswered prayers. Lord have mercy if this doesn't cause problems in our lives. Why did my prayer go unanswered? Top of page 71. Why did my prayer go unanswered? Quite often that means, watch what it says, quite often that means, why wasn't my prayer answered the way I wanted it? What is that? My will be done. How come my prayer, how come I didn't get it the way I wanted it? How come I don't, when, when I asked for, for the advancement, I want it next week at the latest, if not tomorrow. Sometimes God will say next year, and when he says next year, he, watch this, he, God has a way of saying, I'm not going to give it to you, and you're not prepared. I see that you want it. I see that you asked for it. Stay right there. I'm going to start training you to handle it, and then next year when I give it to you, you're going to be able to keep it. If I give it to you next week, you're going to lose it. When they came out of Egypt, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, what happened? Help me, God. He says, I'm not taking them this way, because if I take them this way, they're going to run into the enemy, and if they run into the enemy and have to fight too soon, they're going to lose. They're going to lose faith. They're going to lose the battle. They're going to lose, lose hope. They're going to, watch this, when you lose the battle, you lose lives. So he took them another way so they wouldn't get into a fight too soon. Maybe a little bit longer, but guess what? You're going to get to where I'm taking you to, and you're going to be able to handle it when you come up against it, whatever it is. You can put anything in that blank. So when we ask, you've got to understand, God not only has his, his um, supernatural, his, I'm going to call it the awesome will for the lack of a better word, he has his, his divine, thank you, Holy Ghost, his divine will, but then he has a permissive will. Okay, if you want to do this, I'm going to allow you to do it. However, you've got to allow me to fashion you so you can handle it when you get it. Unanswered prayers. Watch this. It says here, I know God can, but why hasn't he? We do not have all the, watch this, reasons for unanswered prayers. 
And that's what we're going to go through. For the rest of the time that we're here, we're going to start walking through. I wanted to try to finish all ten, but I'm moving a little slower than, than what I expected. I may be able to pick up the pace and, and get through most of them, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through what we can get through. It says that there's ten reasons based on what God, the, based on the word of God. These ten reasons why many times our prayers go unanswered. Reason number one, not fellowshipping with God. Now, a few weeks back, matter of fact, last month, the end of last year, preached a sermon, and that sermon was about that devotional time. That Number one, and, and, and I know folks are on the call that, that can go along with me, you got to get up and you got to stay up. Many times you get up in the morning and God will wake you up. And in particular, I'm, I'm talking to folks that's on a spiritual journey. I'm talking about folks that really want to get strong in the Lord. You've got to get up sometimes 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, whatever your time is, God wakes you up and you recognize, you hear his voice, and this is the time that you've got to get up. And particularly when you've got issues in your life that you know you need to address in the spirit. Get up and stay up. Don't get up and go back to bed. Get up and stay up and get in God's face. Watch this. Reason number one, no fellowshipping with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Ah, thank you, Holy Ghost. Chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Every believer is called to fellowship with God according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. A call means a summons. This is what God is doing. He's saying, come fellowship with me. Have a relationship with me. And many times, just like the, when the king sent out the request for folks to come to the banquet and people were making up reasons why they couldn't come, but this was the king. How are you going to make excuses how you can't come to the banquet that the king said come to? Well, we do that with God. God is trying to fellowship with us. Adam, where are you? Where are you? We get up in the morning and let's commune together. Let me talk to you because you're going to face some challenges today that you're not going to be able to handle in the natural. You need to handle them spiritually. And when you handle them, guess what? You're going to find out that God is doing something awesome in your life and that he's taking, watch this, he's taking the areas in your individual life serious with him where you're getting answers to those individual situations. It says here, Jesus modeled this call to fellowship by going to the mountain to pray all night, especially when making major decisions. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to keep it moving. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. Please make a note of it. Now, again, if you're on the call, it's not just for you to listen. It's for you to take notes. I believe that you're on the call for a reason. I believe that God will call folks to, to get on the call. Why? Because they got particular issues that this particular Bible study is going to help you to, again, gain your strength. Area number one was not fellowshipping with God. Area number two, and what is the heading? Unanswered prayers. Ten reasons for unanswered prayers. These reasons are based on the word of God. Reason number two, not praying to the Father in Jesus' name. Now, I've talked about that a whole lot. Many times we try to sprinkle in Jesus' name or all kinds of off-the-wall prayers, anything that comes to mind that you want, and then sprinkle some in Jesus' name on it and expect, help me God, and expect God to do it. No, it's got to be according to his will. Flip real quick to John 15, 16. I'm going to look at it in the Amplified. John 15, thank you, Holy Ghost, 16. And, and all of this says, I'm bringing it up. I could have read it off my note. It, it breaks it down, and it says, again, as my representative. As my representative. Here it is in the, in the Amplified. It says, 15, 16, cool. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed you. 
I have planted, planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit may be lasting, that if that it may remain, comma, abide, so that whatsoever you ask in my Father's name, you ask the Father in my name as presenting all that I am. Now, I like that in the Amplified. And in, in another one, it said, as my representative. I don't know where that one was, but this one said, watch this, as presenting all that I am. Now, again, now I don't know where I wrote my little note from because I've seen it used as my representative, but I'm liking this translation as well. I wrote it down as the Amplified to look up this particular scripture. It says, as presenting all all that I am. Now, again, I love it when you have this to back it up because you say, Pastor Shepherdson, are you taking this off the top of your head? Are you coming with some ideas that just popped into your mind? No, no, no. These are folks that are translating. These are Bible scholars translating what this particular text means. And it says not just an idea and taking an idea out of the Bible and, and, and massaging that, that particular scripture to fit your need. Listen, this is taking translators, Bible scholars, who are saying, when you say, ask the Father, in the name, in my name, Jesus speaking, it says, as presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. When it encompasses who God is, what he represents, who what Jesus is, and what he represented here on earth, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, when the totality of who they are, when it represents that, then you can expect it. Not just for you to heap blessings on top of blessings, and we're going to get into that, uh, asking for stuff that you can't handle. All right? So that one was not praying in, in Jesus' name. Number three, not asking or asking with wrong motives. So what I was just talking about, we're getting ready to get into it. You're asking, but the motive info for that that you're asking is wrong. Why do I have unanswered prayers? Because you're asking with the wrong motives. No, no, no. You're trying to flaunt your blessing in somebody else's face. You're trying to keep up with someone else. And let me tell you something. That's why the Bible says, yes, yes, you, you're a beautiful person, handsome guy. No matter what you look like, you, you dress up real good. However, God says, I'm not looking at the outward appearance. I'm looking at your heart. And when it says your heart, he's looking at your deep thoughts. He's looking at your, watch this, your intent, your motives for why you're asking, why you're doing. Yes, you're blessing other people, but your motive, is your motive pure? I just want to help them for the sake of helping them. No, they ain't got to know my name. They don't even have to know I did it. When I pass money out the car to somebody on the side of the road, uh, the only reason somebody else knows is that I'm encouraging other people to bless people who are less fortunate than you. It is a wonderful thing. You can look at it, uh, the glass half full or the glass half empty. When, when it comes to this government shutdown, oh, my God, it breaks my heart. However, I have to admit, just like on a, a, a 12 inches of snow or greater, when the neighbors all come out, neighbors who don't even talk to each other, when that deep snow comes out, guess what? We bind together, let's get our shovels out here, and let's dig ourselves out of this street. The, the snow plow may not even come up our street. So we've got to get out there. And many times in the years past, our street wasn't even on the map. Now, they come up there now with the, the snow plow truck. But back in the day, we would have to dig ourselves off this hill. And, and it was a tragedy. It was, again, oh, my goodness, my back, I can, I can feel it right now. However, it calls us to bind together. So when I look at this situation, what was the purpose? What was the purpose? When you do the good deed, when you help somebody else, 
what is the purpose? Watch what it says. You're asking, but you're asking with the wrong motives. James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Here, and let me go James 4, start off with uh, 2. All right. Watch this. And I'm looking at it in the Amplified. It says, you are jealous and you covet what others have. And you desire to go, un, and your and your desires go unfulfilled. So you become murderers. To hate is to murder. I can't stand her. We may not use the word hate, but when you say you can't stand her, I believe that it's a level, whether it's deep hatred, moderate hatred, or great hatred, no matter what it is, I believe it's probably a level. When you say you can't stand her, it's a level of hatred. It's a level of anger. It says here, to hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. And again, we're looking at God because God is looking at our hearts. You burn with envy and anger and not able to obtain the gratification, the contentment, and the happiness that you seek. So you fight in war, and you do not have, help me God, because you do not ask. Watch this. I'm going to keep it moving. Verse number three, and I think we did say right, two and three. Amplified. Or you do not ask. God for them, whatever it is that you want, and yet fail to receive because you ask with the wrong purpose and evil, selfish motives. Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it in sensual pleasures. Not, not my translation, it's the Amplified translation. So when you get what you asked for, you was getting it just to be greedy. You was getting it just to indulge. You were getting it just to heap gifts on top of gifts. I'm getting rid of it because I just want a new one. I'm just getting a new one because I can. So again, some of the times, some of the gifts that we're getting, I believe that the enemy gives them because God wouldn't heap it up on you like that. Unless, unless he was teaching you a lesson, unless he's trying to show you something, you say, well, hold on, Pastor. Doesn't the word of God say that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt anybody with evil? Yeah, you're right. You called me out on that one. That's true. So you got to understand when you get it and you realize that the only purpose you got it was to flaunt it, oh, you wait till they see me Sunday. <laughs> when I wear these shoes right here, oh, hair's going to turn. Oh, when I put this combination on, oh, my goodness. When I walk in that back door, when I walk down that aisle, listen, what is your motive for what you're asking? The motive has got to be pure, and that's why a lot of folks have problems with Christians, and Christians, many times when you know I've got this selfishness, I've got this flaunting uh, uh, desire deep down inside that causes issues in my walk with God that I don't tell anybody about, and then you have Christians who will take this, this oath, help me, God, thank you, Lord, they'll take this oath of poverty. Next thing you know, they don't want to do this, they don't want to do that, they want, don't want to do this, and then other people are going to find fault with them because it, it don't take all of that. Listen, for me, it takes all that because, again, this fashion thing, this flaunting of how much money I got, how many gifts I how much I'm blessing other folks, listen, it's causing my relationship with God to be hindered. No, it's, it, it doesn't have to be for everybody else. Somebody else can wear the nice clothes. They can give out all the gifts and everything. People can know about it, and it doesn't bother them. Well, they are not you. Help me, God. 
Number one, not fellowshipping with God. Number two, not praying to the Father in Jesus' name. Number three, not asking or asking with the wrong motives. That was James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Revelations chapter 3, verse number 20. Write them down. James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. And then Revelations chapter 30. 30. Help me, God. I bet you Revelations don't even have 30. Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. He stands at the door and knocks. If anyone opens the door, guess what? He'll come in and sup with you. He'll come in and make his abode with you. He'll come in and live in you. Number four, not asking according to the will of God. Now, y'all know I'm doing backflips, jumping up and down, shouting, saying, did you see that? Elizabeth Elves, that's not me. Elizabeth L. she said number four is going to be not asking according to the will of God. God's will is learned by reading and hearing the word of God. Spend time with him. Now, many times, the only time people are in that Bible is when they are in church. The only time they're in that Bible is when they're in Sunday school. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Many times, the, the time that they spend in the Word of God is when they're in Bible study. Other than that, they're not picking it up. In the morning by themselves, this morning, I, out of all the books, I was in Joel. Now, many times, well, who, who's going to pick Joel? You pick the Psalms, you pick the Proverbs, you definitely pick the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Book of Romans, Ephesians, oh, the warfare book. Yeah, but the book of Joel? Because that's me and God's relationship. And sometimes I'll just run my finger down the side of the book, stop right there, pick it up, read, and say, wow, that blessed me real good. Wow, that blessed me. I've got all these devotionals sitting on top of the book, on top of the book, on top of the desk. All of a sudden, I pick this one. Oh, my goodness, that blessed me real good. Oh, I'll pick that one. Oh, that blessed me. The daily bread, it blessed me real good. Some of them I had for years. Pick it up on that particular day, it blessed me real good. Why? That's me and God's relationship. He allows me to pick the book that's going to bless me. He allows me to pick the book to let me know he's actively in my life and in my situations because the devotion that I read for that day, not just reading it in a mundane, repetitious way, but picking the one that I feel that he's putting on my heart, ain't got nothing to do with nobody else. This is me and God early a.m. in the morning, me and him building this relationship. Do you have a relationship? Come on, somebody. Do you have that kind of relationship where God is ministering to you about situations in your life? God is showing himself mighty in situations in your life that you're not, watch this, that you're not laboring over. Oh, God, please, my daughter, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray right now, move in her life. No, you're not laboring over it. You gave it to God. You're trusting him, and you're moving on. And then God in your, watch this, he's in your devotional time where you're spending time with him. Number four, not asking God according to his will. So you learn him, you're spending time with him, and, and in that devotional time, he shows you even when you don't labor over it. When you mention it to me, I got you. You spend time in God's word. Flip over page 72. Men of God in the Bible knew his will when they prayed. Moses in Exodus chapter 32, verses 11 to 14, is a good example. Moses chapter 32, verses 11 through 14, you'll see that, again, when you know God, you can ask God, and you'll see that God is going to come through. I'm keeping it moving. Number five, not having God's word in you. Jesus said constantly, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus said in John 15, 15, verse number 7, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask whatever you will, whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You've got to see this. Why does he say, let, your, let my word, let my word, get that word inside of me? Because guess what? It's going to change your will. It's going to change your will. To his will. Thank you, God. What is that? Okay, I thought I had, I had another interruption. Thank you, God. Keep them off of me. Here we go. Number five, 
not having God's word in you. You've got to embed it in you. Watch this. What you do with the computer, you've you got to overlay. You've got to take out that old program, put in a new program. Sometimes it's the old program that's good, and the new program has messed you up. You have taken too much of this world, taken too much of the philosophy of other people, taken too much philosophy off of the movie screen, You've taken too much of a philosophy, philosophy out of the entertainment world, and you have overlaid it on top of what you knew from a child. Now you've got to do a reset and put the old back in. Old school, ain't nothing wrong with old school. Watch what it says here. Even listening to cassettes, I do it all the time. Put the word in after I read Joel, and then when you go jump in the shower, put your phone on. Put the Bible on, BibleGateway.com, put it on a scripture, hit the little speaker, and the speaker will start to read. If, if it stays active, if the screen stays active, it will go from one chapter to the next chapter to the next chapter until the screen goes off. When your screen goes off, it will stop playing. But you can listen to the word. So while I'm showering, guess what? I'm listening to the same thing I just read. I want to hear it again. I want to embed it in my spirit. Why? Because you'll find out that's the reset button. Good God Almighty. That's the reset button. When you start putting this word in you, it'll start to tell you, even when your little mind will try to tell you something else, it'll tell you what's important. That's number five, not having the God's word in you, all right? So you can listen to it, or you can play it at night alongside your bed. Put it in your mind. Why? I don't want to get too deep into it, but the subconscious mind is a very powerful thing. So what you have deep, deep down inside, that's a subconscious mind. And that subconscious mind is that level of the heart. God is showing your deep thoughts. He's looking at your deep thoughts, which you have allowed to penetrate to the core of who you are. And when you've got a bunch of confusion down there, guess what? The Bible says in James chapter 1, don't expect to receive anything from God because you've got a lot of confusion going on. You've got to overlay. You've got to reset your mind with the word of God. Keep it moving. Verse number 6. I've got to keep it moving because that's one right there. I love that one right there. Not having God's word in you. That's number 5. Number 6, doubt and unbelief. I think we just talked about it. You've got to get that word, and you've got to have that word solid. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Write it down. Please read it. I want to keep it moving. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Elijah, watch this. Here's another one in 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah the prophet was a man with natural with a nature just like, like ours. He won great victories when he prayed. That's, that's 1 Kings chapter 18. But then he ran from a woman when, he, when doubt set in. 1 Kings, watch this, 1 Kings chapter 19. How in 18 you, you're winning wars with your prayers, and then in 19 you're running from folks. Because doubt starts to, to, to slip in. When you believe, let, let me tell you something. God allows the storms to rise. God allows the billows to roll. God allows the rain to fall. God allows the wind to come in your life. Storms are coming. The waves are coming. He allows it. When it comes, you've got to keep your faith. O oh, ye of little faith. Doubt and unbelief comes in. Help me, God, to keep it moving. Verse number, um, number seven, losing heart or giving up. And I believe number six and number seven go together. Number six and number seven goes together. Number six, doubt and unbelief. Number seven, losing heart or giving up. We ought to always pray and not to turn coward, faint. Lose heart or give up, the Amplified Version. Never, listen, no matter what it looks like, let it make you stronger. When you're lifting weights, let me tell you something. When you pick, put the weight down and you go to lift it up and it starts to give you some resistance because of the weight of the weight, 
the strain that it puts on your body, thank you, Holy Ghost, when it starts to strain your body, listen, that's when you kick it in. That's when you, watch this, that's when you switch gears and say, "Uh uh-uh. I'll never forget when I was a young man and I used to lift weights and I would lift weights. It, It wasn't the smartest thing to do. But I used to lift weights, including bench press, and I would put weights on a, uh, the, the plates on the weights while bench pressing, and it was a heavy weight, and not knowing whether I was going to make it through my 10 reps. Sometimes I would get to rep number eight, and I would get three-quarters of the way up, uh, uh, and I push it to full, full length. That was number eight. You got two more reps. You didn't make it all the way out of eight, and you were straining. However, you're going to put it down on your chest again to push it up for number nine. You strained all the way through nine. Eight, it gave you some problems. Nine, you strained the whole way up. You got one more rep. Nobody's down here to spot you. Guess what? In my mind back in the day, thank you, Holy Ghost, in my mind back in the day, I say I made it through eight, I made it through nine, and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't hesitate. I would drop that weight back down on my chest again and push that thing straight through number 10, boom, and then put it on the bench and get up with, with this gratification, bam, yes, I did. Just listen, in my mind, I knew I had to do it. There was no spotter. There was nobody else there but me. And many times I had to strain through it, and to the point where I had to add more weight. Why? Because I was able to make it through those 10 reps with no problem. It's time to put more weight on. Well, let me tell you, so it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. You've got to learn how to push your weight. Now, you've got to understand that in, in, in me doing that, not recognizing, there was somebody else there with me. God is always with you. He's that, in, watch this, he's that internal drive. He's that spiritual power that you have. He's the one that, again, that will cause you to keep going when it's somewhere inside of you, something is saying, give up. You can't do this. Throw in the towel. Watch what it says. Number seven, losing heart or giving up. The Bible says we ought to always pray and not to faint. Not to lose heart, not to give up, all right? That was Luke chapter 18, verse number one. Luke chapter 18, and I didn't have it highlighted. Let me highlight it now. Luke chapter 18, verse number one. All right, let's get to number eight. We, we, we still moving. Number eight, not being in agreement. Not being in agreement. I talk to Mount Enon about this all the time. It is so very powerful. You and your mate, you and your church members, you and your prayer partner, let me tell you something. It is nothing like being in one place on one accord. It is nothing like being in one place on one accord. In Matthew chapter 18, verse number 19, Matthew 18, 19, Jesus spoke on agreement in Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you agree on earth, about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. Now, again, please don't take it out of context. Remember, have the word embedded in you and know that it's according to the will of God. The marriage agreement is the strongest on earth. Strife and contention are contrary to the agreement and will hinder prayers. So when it comes to you and your mate, let me tell you something. Your prayer, if you and your mate are not in agreement, the key is one of your major prayers, Father, put us on one accord in the name of Jesus. Father, I war on behalf of marriages that are not on one accord. 
God, do it to your glory. That's your daily prayer. Even when I'm praying in the spirit, God's will to be done all over the earth, guess what? I got another prayer subconsciously going on that, God, I might be in sync with my mate, that I might be in sync with my brothers and sisters in Christ, that I might be sync with the body of Christ all over this earth. That's number eight, where there's no agreement. And you got to watch out because strife will get in there, and the reason that you're not in agreement is because you're trying to outdo somebody. That's strife. Contention. Anger, those kind of things, hinders your prayers. Number nine, unforgiveness. I don't think we got to do too much digging on that. I think we can make it to number 10. Number nine, unforgiveness, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgression. It's very simple. You better understand it. If you're not forgiven, I'm, let me tell you something. Release them in the name of Jesus. And one of the best ways to know that you have released them is bless them and see what your internal, good God Almighty, see what your internal mindset, check out your, your I'm going to call it your idol. Check out your idol. When I say idol, and when a car is running and it's running smooth, nothing going wrong, that idol is going to be nice and smooth. Is that? But when it's, when it's running smooth, if you've got some disruption when you're doing something for somebody else, then you better understand something is going wrong internally that's causing you to not be in a smooth idol. Your engine, and when I'm saying your engine, I'm talking about your faith. When I'm saying your engine is not idling, and when it idles, it's not smooth, thank you, Holy Ghost, then that means something is going wrong, and you want that thing smooth. I'm going back to my other example about the barrel of the gun. When your prayers is going through, coming through you as a vessel, you don't want unforgiveness to mess up that barrel and cause your prayers not to be answered. Watch what it says here. It says, and didn't Jesus mean, did Jesus mean, there's a question, 490 times when it comes to forgiveness, Matthew 18, 21 to 22, did he mean 490 times? Consistent forgiveness means you wipe the slate clean. Begin again at the count of one. How many times have I forgiven you? Ten times. When you say, guess what, wipe it clean, you go back to one. And can I tell you something? Sometimes we don't. It's one, two, three. You still haven't forgiven them four times, five times. And then all of a sudden, you're trying to wipe out or remember what this foolishness was all about. It should never, watch this, it should never get over one because you're constantly doing preventive maintenance when it comes to this area of forgiveness. One, forgive. One, forgive. One, forgive. Watch this. You go back to the count of one. God will not remember your sins when Forgiveness is asked, Isaiah 43 and 25. Please read it. Let's get to this last one. We're going to spend this last minute not giving tithes and offering. Folks, I cannot talk to you enough about how important money is when it comes to your relationship with God. You dishonor God with your money. And, and, and again, you get into these conversations, whether I pay my tithes off the gross or the, the net. Let me tell you something. You bless folks the way you want to be blessed. Do you want to be, uh, do you want to receive a gross blessing or do you want to receive a net blessing? I'm telling you right off the break, I want to receive a gross blessing. I want to see that, that exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think kind of blessing. 
And when it comes to you blessing God, that's the way you bless him. And let me tell you something. Again, this is Elizabeth Elves. She's saying that's going to hinder. When it comes to you not getting your prayer answered, you're not honoring God with your money. And many times what happens is your money becomes your God. I even said to myself, I didn't think I was going to get through it. And I set that as a goal. And guess what? It's 830. And we got to number 10. I believe, God willing, we're going to start talking about hearing God next week. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being on the call. God willing, I'll talk to you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.